Hey everyone, welcome and welcome back. Jamie here with another episode of I'm Not Mentally Ill But, a space where we dive into the twisted reality of mental illness from a new perspective. Today's episode is going to be diving into a news story about a man with schizophrenia that stole a school bus and led police officers on a seven mile chase until he was fatally shot. Before we dive in, I did just want to go ahead and give everybody a trigger warning. Due to the nature of my podcast, there is going to be some topics discussed that could potentially be triggering. Please be advised now. Here with me today, I have Ken, who is this man's cousin, and I'm just so excited to have her on and chat with her about this story. So welcome, Ken. So happy to have you. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much. You just have such a, it's such an interesting story. So I'm excited to dive into it. Mm -hmm. But before we do dive in, I did just kind of want to give everybody a little bit of a backstory of what this news story actually was. Police fatally shot a bus driver after he tried to hit a fellow employee with the bus. He damaged numerous police and civilian vehicles and led authorities on a seven mile chase. The incident started Friday morning after he reported to work. A supervisor described him as coming to work with a bad attitude and felt uncomfortable having him behind the wheel. The supervisor followed company procedure and told him that he would not be driving the route that day. Southland police responded at 7.22 a.m. to the bus yard on a report of an employee acting erratically and threatening fellow employees. Police were told that he got onto the bus and tried to run over another employee who was trying to stop him from leaving the property. Police ordered him off the bus, but he refused, accelerated, and tried to hit an officer who was on foot. He was shot at as he accelerated towards the officer, and the police chief said the officer did ask him to exit the bus numerous times, but each time he refused. Police officers did end up firing two shots into the bus, which struck the 35-year-old man and ended the pursuit. So as you can see, this was a very high-stress situation. Mm -hmm. But Ken, can you kind of walk me through like, what was it like finding out that this happened to your cousin? So at the time, I'm, you know, 14, I'm immature. My mind is like, Oh, I don't want to do school. I want to run away. I wasn't really understanding what was going on. I the way that my family explained it to me was okay, you know, your cousin died, you know, had a something at his job happen. And it was like, okay, they were just kind of, you know, taking baby steps around the situation at hand. And I mean, at 14 years old, I mean, you're not in the same headspace that you are as an adult. So it makes sense. But do you remember what they actually told you about how he died when you were 14? What they told me was that he uh, had a shootout with the police. I kind of plainly said it like that. And then that was the end of this end of that uh, conversation. And that, that was it. I was like, oh, wow. They didn't go too, too into details until I got older and we spoke about it. When I say we, me and my mother uh, mm-hmm. spoke about it, you know, because I think it's still one of those things in the family today where it's not really touched upon mental illness or so. Mm-hmm. So at what point did you actually find out that it was due to him being having schizophrenia? Early 20s, uh, like 20, 21, you know, several years later. And that makes a lot of sense. So it sounds like you probably wouldn't have really known what to do with that information at 14 anyways. So was mental illness like freely talked about in your family? No, not at all. Um, 
as time is progressing, I'm finding out my father had a trait of mental illness, youngest brother, oldest brothers, a lot of people in the family, uncles, um, you know, everything is about time. Mm-hmm. and so with that being said I no one talked about it it's like what goes on in this house stays in this house type of thing and to me I feel that that's very detrimental because you have a lot of stuff that goes on in households that need to be, be speak speak about you know mm-hmm. but yeah it was one of those things it was never spoken about got it yeah because you didn't find out until you were 20 which was about six years later mm-hmm. so what really was the reasoning that your mom decided to let you know that it was because he had schizophrenia because I feel like she felt that I was mature in that state you Mm -hmm. know that now we can have um an adult conversation and so uh I was like okay it's time everything I felt like everything happens within this time you know definitely and then plus I was still trying to figure out myself so between the ages of 14 and we're leaving high school you know I'm I'm still have a young mentality moment you know my frontal lobe hasn't even really developed you know I'm Mm -hmm. still trying I'm getting out of puberty so my mind is all over the place so yeah that's that's where it comes from that's the reason why so now that you are older and that you kind of know the whole story what are your thoughts on what happened to your cousin I honestly believe that number one to, to my, you know, family members or any family out there, I, I think, or anybody out there who has a, comes from a large or small family, it's not your fault. You know, I feel like maybe there's guilt that is associated with my uncle or my other family members for not being all that they can be. And I learned that you can't, if a person doesn't want to get help, they can't do, you can't do nothing about that. Especially once they leave your house, especially once, you know, they decide to break the lines of communication. Um, And so I used to, it's not the police fault. They did their job. I don't have this whole, you know, uh, you know, F the police mentality because they're they're supposed to be there to help us out. There are some bad police and there are some good ones, mm-hmm. you know, and everything else like that. The police who were I feel like they would have been wrong if they weren't trying to stop the situation. If they would have just been like, OK, let me just take the bus and hijack it. That would have been wrong. Like them be like, bro, you're not doing your job, you know, stuff like that. But that I think it comes down to a lot of policemen where they have to make that tough decision. OK, uh, life or death situation. I know we'll have to hear from their family, but we're it's we're saving lives here. So that's my um, answer with that. Yeah. And I mean, from the news article and from what you said, I mean, you can see that there were multiple attempts by your cousin to harm people, you know, fellow employees. He tried to run over police officers. So at that point, you're so right. It really does come down to safety of the community and other people, because if he would have been allowed to continue driving this bus. And I think that's a whole other part is that it was a bus. Like, it's not like it was a go kart. It's not like it was like a small car. Like he was driving a huge school bus. Mm-hmm. And if they would have just allowed him to continue to go, like how many more people would have been injured or killed? Mm-hmm. One other thing that I do, I just think this, this new story, what happened with your cousin, it's such a sad reality of how bad mental illness can get. And it is, mm-hmm. it is really a terrible tragedy that your cousin got to a place where he just wasn't fully there. And he did make these decisions that, that ended up ending his own life. But Mm -hmm. I think that comes down to, you know, not really getting the help that people need. And I know it's hard because it's just hard to like be willing to accept that help. But this is just a situation where you wonder if it would have ended differently. Had he been, you know, seeking help, had he been on medication? 
also I found out that he was doing other drugs as far as with, you know, the street pharmaceuticals and stuff like that. So that's already bad as is because it's like, okay, you're putting your brain is overloading at this point. It's becoming a vegetable, you know, stuff like that. So again, and, and maybe it was a pride thing as well. Like, man, I can't believe I got to take this medication. There are, I, I don't know, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like there are ways, natural holistic ways to heal yourself mm-hmm. versus having to be on medication for the rest of your life and everything else like that. That could have been an option as well. Maybe somebody told them that, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. people are going to still do what they want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to medication, I mean, there are holistic things, but when people do have like very severe mental illnesses, like schizophrenia, those ones, normally those people do have to be on medication because it it is a chemistry in their brain that is Mm -hmm. altered basically. So yes, there are other things where I, I don't think one thing is ever going to fix anyone. Like somebody who has a mental illness, if they only take medication, they most likely aren't going to get as much help as if they're taking medication, going to therapy, doing the holistic stuff. So I really think it is like a, you have to have a bunch of different things to get it under control. Most definitely. Yeah. And it also, you just wonder if, you know, him doing those illegal drugs, was he high on the day that he did this? Like, did that just, that's a good question. So I know that you didn't, you know, you only met your cousin a handful of times, but when you actually like found out everything that happened with him, were you surprised that this happened to somebody in your family? Yes, I was because I didn't think that I thought we were invincible. You know, you grow up and you have this mentality that like, you know, the church, uh, you know, you saves all, all you got to do, you know, whatever it might be about the church. And so in my mind, I was thinking that, you know, this wouldn't be yes. I know like death is a part of life, but I was like, oh no, you're going to die, you know, 120 years, like in the word Mm -hmm. it says and stuff like that. But, you know, you learn that it can happen to anybody. Sometimes it's just your time to go. You've served your purpose and everything else like that. Yeah. Were you... So once this like news story came out, did you guys like, did your family get approached by anyone about it? So this was in Chicago, um, which is, you know, our last names are different. And so they were on the news, you know, um, I don't know why they decided to be on the news. I don't know why people decide to be on news when something tragic happens to the family. Is it because you want to have that 15 minutes of fame or what, but nobody in Atlanta, nobody knew. I told people once I made a school, they're like, Oh, okay. I'm sorry to hear that. And that was about it. You know? Okay. Got it. So you, because you have a different last name, you weren't like directly associated, like when the news article and when the news came out. Correct. And I'm glad that did not happen because I don't know how, you know, people are mean. They, they are so mean and they will literally say what comes to their mind and they don't care. Which makes sense, you know, because it is, you know, what happened to your cousin and the severity of the situation. Like, it makes sense that you don't want that tied to you because Mm -hmm. you're right. People can be very mean. I mean, I'm sure when that news story broke, people were like, who were his parents? Like, how did they raise him to be like this? Like, why did nobody stop him? And just that very, like blaming it doesn't help anyone because people being like oh how dare the parents raise this person to be like this it's like the parents could have been phenomenal and you know this individual just decided to do something so it makes a lot of sense that you were probably like I'm glad we don't have the same last name in this situation exactly you know we all we all at the end of the day uh you know we all have free will so we can do whatever you can do whatever you want to do 
Mm-hmm. I just, you know, people need to quit trying to put the blame on everybody else. Like life happens, things happen type of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how I look at that. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. So hearing this story today, you know, obviously you've had a lot of time to like process it, but I feel like you kind of have processed through this at three different stages. So when Mm -hmm. you were 14 in your early twenties and now, you know, just kind of processing through it again now, do you feel like there's been a progression of how you felt about the situation? I feel like my progression is more of a mature understanding. And now, you know, I can't sit here and be like, oh, you know, F the police type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. I, I feel that I, I am now at a more mature, um, like I said, mature understanding. I can, I can now look at both sides. And it also brings awareness saying, hey, it's okay to talk about your problems, mental health. It's okay to get help. Don't allow it to get so bad to the point where that is your reality as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is so true because it's almost like had he felt comfortable to seek the help, maybe this would have been a very different outcome. Yes. And and and, and who's to say? Could be maybe he was all for it at the time, but then it's like, oh, I got to keep going to doing this and nobody's understanding me. And, you know, you know, people that like to make an excuse for why they're not where they want to be in life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There, I mean, there's just so many factors. You can never speculate why your cousin did what he did. It's just, it's so, this just shows like the true reality of what can happen when you, when people aren't taking care of their mental illness, when they're using illegal drugs. And unfortunately your cousin's story is not a rare story to hear because, you know, the news and the media, they want to portray mental illness in this light because the news and the media, they want an interesting story, you know, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so they're only portraying these outlandish stories, which really does a lot to hurt, you know, mental illness and the stigma, because now people are like, oh my gosh, every single person who has schizophrenia is doing outlandish, dangerous things to other people. And that's the thing, you know, you got to quit watching the tell live vision. That's what I call So thinking about, you know, the whole situation that went down with your cousin, how would you say that it impacted you? It impacted me um, by realizing that we are all, we're we're all the same in a sense. We all have some, somebody in the family or multiple people in the family who have the same thing. There is no such thing as the Brady Bunch. It impacted me to make me not have this black and white view of life anymore Mm -hmm. but it made me aware it impacted me impacted my impacted my awareness in a sense now now I know okay you can be a lot more kind to people you know kindness goes a long way I've always been a kind person but sometimes you never really know what people are going through yeah no you really don't I mean because I mean sometimes the people who are going through the most have the biggest smiles on their face Mm -hmm. and so you really can't you know, judge somebody just by what their outward appearance is. That's real. That's it. It's just like I've been saying, it's just such a sad reality of, you know, what did happen to your cousin. And it's just, it's one of those things that this didn't personally happen to you, but you're still impacted by it. And I think this story right here just really shows like the, the far reach that mental illness does have, because you don't have schizophrenia, but you were firsthand impacted by schizophrenia. That's correct. 
So thank you so much, Ken. I just really appreciate you being on and diving into this with me. Of course. Again, I, I don't, these are things I feel like should be more spoken of in, 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 you know, in the world. Um, I feel like people need to just realize that we all know somebody or probably have gone through these issues and situations, you know, and it's okay to talk about it, let, let like release it and everything else like that. You know, you should not be ashamed. Like nobody's perfect. And I, I hope that you, you know, with your platform, how you open it up for people to be able to have uh, a voice to what has been going on with them or people that they know. I hope that it has inspired others to, you know, say, you know what, I, I, I have to, you know, go ahead and release to talk, you know, release my truth. I need, I need to speak about this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think you're so right. I think it just lets people know that, you know, it's okay that you have gone through these struggles and it's okay that you have somebody in your life with a mental illness, but you don't need to feel like you have to hold that burden all to yourself. There are other people going through it too. And so I think your story just really does a great job of highlighting that. That's it. That's it. That wraps up another episode of I'm not mentally ill, but as always, my guests are just so amazing and I'm so thankful for their bravery and being willing to share their stories with myself and with all of you. If you're listening and you have a story to share, please reach out to me. My Instagram is the other side underscore MI, or you can email me jamie at the other side of me.com. Every Wednesday, we're going to be getting into some mind blowing topics. So tune in because you won't want to miss it.